Welcome back to the Shaman's Cave. I'm Renee Barabo. I'm Sandra Ingerman. And today, Sandra's going to lead us in with a little blessing to get us started. So we bring our energy all here. Yeah, so let's close our eyes. And uh, I like to use uh, breath to bring us to center and to help us feel grounded and not stuck in our ordinary reality thoughts so much. So let's all, um, with our eyes closed, take a deep breath and allow your breath to open up your heart. Feel your heart expanding and allow the seed of excitement to start to be planted inside of you. For we're this incredible global community that's gathering from all over at such an amazing time on the planet to journey together, to practice together, to be inspired, to tap into our wisdom and to learn about what our true destiny is and to open up to our authentic selves so that we can step in fully to build a new fabric of reality. So I'll rattle and whistle just for a moment. As you experience yourself feeling centered by your breath, connecting deeply to the land where you live. That's such an important practice. Honor the city and the land that you live. It's your home. It's a helping spirit for you. So with an open heart and with gratitude for your life and all of life, let's open our eyes and be present now. Hmm. It's awesome we're going to start out today with an open heart because we're, we're treading into some deep waters today that you know, I, I think back to a time when I was in a, 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 a mental facility that they used to call it then, and the, the psychotherapist, the art therapist said to me, Renee, muddy waters clear themselves in stillness. And that's what it, it reminds me of today. And I, I, it brings tears to my eyes that, you know, that we're going to be talking about self-worth and worthiness. And we're going to do at the end a worthiness exercise about you know, where self-worth and worthiness live in the body and around in your spirit and clear that and come out with a new idea. So thank you for opening my heart because I already feel more expanded. Yeah, you know, um, uh, somebody actually wrote in and asked us, Renee, to, to speak about, uh, bring this as, an, as a topic. And, you know, many really interesting topics came in, but when I started to think about it and, you know, then shared this with you, it's 
how do we really step into our practices fully, which we're, which we're both doing ourselves and, and asking people to join us in. How do you do that when you don't feel worthy? How do you do that? And so before we can really continue doing deeper work, this is a very interesting thing to look at. And, um, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation and the practice. Me too. I, I, when, when I got my Hay House contract, the first thing that I thought to myself, because I got all these emails, oh, how did you get a Hay House contract? And, you know, for somebody who had any instance of, of self-worth or worthiness issues in there, I thought like, well, wow, maybe I don't deserve this. And I went into this deep plummet into like, oh my God, you know, I'm not Sandra that, you know, I didn't do that all that way. And, you know, they're going to find out that I'm really a fraud. And I, I went into this, here I am with this great new contract that, you know, coveted contract. And I was like, in the deep despairs of my own initiation of what I needed to do to step out from that place. And I'm sure you felt that too. Well, you know, it's really interesting because what I've learned in uh, all my years of writing, because I had two friends who were incredible uh, coaches for me, is that every writer feels like that. So I tell that to every writer, new writer who contacts me is the first thing that's going to come up is you're going to say, the world's going to think I'm a fraud. But you know what happened to me? This is a really interesting story. Um, when I wrote Soul Retrieval, I mean, talk about, I, I really didn't feel worthy. And so um, I was working, as I'm still working, with the Egyptian goddess Isis as one of my teachers in the unseen realms. And so I went to Isis in a journey, and I said to her, I don't feel worthy to write this book. And you know what her response was? She said, that's okay. I'll find somebody else to write it. Then wait, wait, wait. I want to write this book. And she said, then write it, be strong, and write it. And I will not write it for you. Don't complain to me, or I will find somebody else to write this book, because this book needs to be written. So it was a really interesting, you know, hard lesson from a spirit. If you don't feel you can do it, somebody else can, you know? And I had that experience I, um, with the wind. It was basically, you know, we picked you because you're good for working and you'll get the message out. And I'm thinking like, well, you know, trying to fluff myself up a little bit. Like, and that's the ego, you know, the, the self-worth part of like, you know, we're in that place of myself that I didn't feel worthy enough but I do believe that the winds went to talk to somebody else first and he was one to tell me, Hey, the winds came to see me and he wasn't listening. So, you know, there, I always say that if there's an idea out in the universe, trust me that there's a lot of people who could get grab onto that idea in the wind, but what that, you know, overcoming that feeling of uh, not good enough. I don't like myself. And all of that is, part of the initiation that makes it okay to get up on your on your soapbox or your platform and say, I did this. I, I went through this. 
I experienced hating myself enough to, for me, to, to heal. And, and that's been an important lesson for me in my life. Yeah, and, and it, it is really important. And it's also important for all of us. Um, and I know, Renee, that um, you teach about this too, is that the unworthiness we feel is uh, part of a collective projection that has nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it might come through our ancestral line, you know, where you were taught that you don't want to shine too bright or, you know, don't feel too worthy or you come into a family system where everybody's putting you down and telling you you're doing it wrong and you don't know what you're doing. And so we start to uh, start to weave this uh, illusion. It's really illusion. It has nothing to do with us. It's just an illusionary net that we really need to dissolve. That we can cast out. I'll, I'll never forget I was... Um, 33 and I was sitting on my front stoop painting a picture of a flower one day. I bought this book called Watercolors for the Artistically Undiscovered. It's a children's book. It's a great book. Everyone should get it. It's still in print. And all of a sudden the phone rings and it's my mother. And she's there like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watercoloring on the front stoop. You? You were never very artistic. And I'm thinking like, what do you mean? I said, I'm one of the most famous chefs in all of central New York. What are you talking about? Because I'd gotten just enough to, you know, give it back to her. And she's there like, well, you know, one time you came home from this pitch with, with this drawing from Sunday school of a half-eaten hot dog. And I, and I asked you what it was, and it was supposed to be, uh, they asked you to draw the Last Supper. And I laughed. I said, well, probably that's what I had the night before for supper, you know, and it's always been about me, Mom. <laughs> I love it. And now well, she's painting. <laughs> well, it's all about if we allow ourselves to be put into a box. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because I feel that um, when those feelings of unworthiness come up for me, um, it's because I'm trying to fit into a box uh, and, and into a belief that I have to be a certain way and I'm not exactly sure. And so for me, what starts to happen is I feel that that um, anchors my creativity in a negative way, meaning it, it keeps me from ever really be, being able to do watercolors or, um, or, you know, I'd love to take a sculpting class, but I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I can, you know? And so we end up stepping away um, from a lot of the joy of life because we lose, what I'm thinking as, as I'm talking and you're talking is unworthiness takes us away from that childlike state of awe, awe and wonder that we, we actually talked about on our pilot show. Um, and also, no, and I was just thinking about, uh, I've heard you talk about, you know, pottery. This is like the second time I've heard you talking about the pottery. So maybe it's, who was it, the, uh, the sculptor who says that he doesn't shape an image, he, he, extracts what isn't the image 
So maybe if you could go to pottery class and you could start to extract what's not in the pot and you'll be like, you'll come down with this little spirit little cone for yourself. <laughs> and isn't that the center of worthiness is that little place inside of us that lights up when, you know, for me, when I cook the best meal possible, it's mm. like, it feeds myself, it feeds my soul. Um, and, and I know that we both have done initiations about this for ourselves because we don't get to be uh, shaman elders without really looking at all of these issues that we like to look at and the ones we don't like to look at. And, and I know I have lots of stories. Do you have one that you want to share? Or? Well, I think the one I shared about ISIS, that was, that was a really, a really, really big one for me. But I also found that, um, you know, in my shamanic practice that the thing, if I was going to say anything that I had to uh, learn to deal with is that issue of worthiness, but also um, it's such a balance because in some ways when we don't feel that good about ourselves. We don't let our ego get out of control either. And, and we know in shamanism, both you and I know tons of stories. I know tons of stories of people who went out and said, I'm a great shaman. Huh. I'm going to call in rain. And, uh, and it rains. And then they lose their power because they boasted about it so much, you know? So there's that fine line of like Isis saying, stand up and write this book from a place of strength, but then also owning your humanness so that you don't take the credit for being so great. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's this dance, there's this paradox, I think, um, that I'm always playing. I don't know about you, but I'm always playing uh, that one. Yes, and I think that anyone who's starting out, I think of a time, um, Luz Clara was here once, and I'm there like, well, I don't know enough to do healing. And she said, well, the only way you're going to know enough to do healing is to do the healing. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was just like, it's kind of a conundrum. So what I found in early in my practice is this other teacher told people to start calling me for sessions. And all of a sudden, I'm like, all of a sudden, my phone starts to ring and people are calling me for, and I'm there, where'd you get my number? I mean, it was like, I was so reluctant and so then the first, all the first 10 clients really mirrored where I was stuck or where I was projecting my own abuse as a child. And so sure enough, people came with child abuse, you know, sexual abuse, you know, divorce, all of those issues kept showing up until I, I had to go deeper and, and heal those wounds inside me so I could project out something a little bit um, else into the world so that I didn't get stuck into all of their issues as well. Have you, did you have to have that kind of an experience? Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I, I definitely had an experience like that. When I first started um, doing extraction work, extraction work, huh. pulling out spiritual intrusions, pains and illnesses from the body, I was already teaching it, but 
I didn't get clients. You know, I wasn't having clients calling me for extractions. They were calling me for, for everything else. So one day I was, uh, one weekend I was teaching a workshop in Tucson on um, extraction. And when I was coming home from the workshop, the workshop was great. Everything went well. I put on my cassette player. I was still listening to <laughs> cassettes. <laughs> drum and tape. And I journeyed. I used to journey uh, when I would fly. And I went to my power man and I said, why is it that I'm not good at extraction work? And, and he said to me, it's because you don't really do it. You don't feel you can. And you don't trust the spirits because as we know in healing work, we're not doing anything. It, it's the spirits, you know, they're working through you. They're just using your body. And he said, you're not letting your extraction ally use your body. Cause it's like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. So we land in Albuquerque. I get home to Santa Fe and my answering machine is full. And I check my messages and it, everyone is somebody asking me for extract. <laughs> and then I get a message from somebody saying, um, I heard you do, you extract teeth. And I said, no, that's not the type of extraction I do. And he said, well, then what kind of extraction do you do after I called him up? And anyway, the conversation went south from there. <laughs> but it was funny because I had no reputation for being able to do this work. And it was basically because I wasn't allowing myself to enter fully into the field of my helping spirits who were doing the work. And once I did, it was amazing. Um, uh, you know, cancers and lupus and even cigarette smoking because the tobacco spirit can be mm. an intrusion or the cocaine spirit can be an intrusion. And so everything became extraction work for me. So it was really interesting how I just needed that push from my power animal to say, you need to feel good enough about yourself to be a full partner with the spirit who will work through you that's great i i think about and and when one when i was still learning and i had an ego and an opinion about things i mean i, I still have an ego because we can't get away from that uh but um i i did an extraction process for somebody who i had a judgment about and mm. then you got to really be in then you could so when i was down there i saw this owl and the owl had spectacles. And well, the spectacles were my own. So what happened was when I, I brought back this owl and, and or it was a soul retrieval or something, but it, it kind of was an extraction thing or it needed to be after I got done. Because <laughs> I brought back the spectacles too, which would have been better left. And so it turns out that you know, the spectacles actually caused an intrusion in this person's body. And I was just in shaman school at the time or training, you know, but it was a really hard lesson for me because then, well, what the hardest lesson was was somebody pulled it out and tossed it back at me. And then I had to have an extraction of the spectacles that were then in my throat. And so, 
so you you also like want to be really careful with your extraction work because we were kind of low got off track here with it so that's that would be like a whole good thing but that you have to be trust yourself enough but to know when your own projections are getting in the way is, is a big lesson for me and i think that has to stems back to unworthiness too where you have to have an opinion about something because the more worthy i got the less opinionated i became right absolutely yeah and then the less opinionated you got about yourself you were able to step into the work fully and that's what it's all about you know yes it's, it's when we step in fully, you know, that's why I wasn't doing um, extractions that produced any results. I was kind of doing them. Right. I, I didn't feel worthy enough or that I could or, or that I had the gift or, or the talent. And the truth is that in shamanism, the, the practice that I do anyway, we've studied with different teachers is that I'm never doing the work. It's always the spirits. And so unworthiness gets in the way of that because then we start to think it's it's us. And so how I work with it is I sing um, my, my spirit song for about a half an hour before I ever work on anybody while my client is with me because during that half an hour, um, I only sing one song. It's the only song I sing in my healing work, and I never sing it for anything else. And I've been singing it for 30 years. So as soon as I start to sing it, Sandra goes away and the spirits are in, you know. And this is really funny. Um, I had a I had a, a really good friend who unfortunately died um, uh, in 2000, and we used to talk about extraction work. And one of our ways of preparation was thinking about um, shopping, because as our mind was so focused on shopping, our spirits could embody us. <laughs> And do the work. And so that was a, a crazy way of preparation. Now I use more of a spiritual way of singing. <laughs> well, I like that. But I, I think about it, one of the most fascinating things for me when I first started with this, these practices was that I noticed, like when I think I've, we've talked about that when I used to cook, I would feel present. But I noticed when I started to rattle or, or move into that sacred space again, that I would get present. And I think that's a, a good way for people starting out to know like when, when you're truly doing that work of service, you're present. You're not anywhere else, but right there between you and, and the client. And, you know, so those little, those issues of unworthiness and stuff are out of the way for whatever that moment is that you're in that session. But in order to grow as a, as a healer, as a leader, you're going to have to go deeper in your own unworthiness. Like even, you know, for, for the show, when, when, when I was talking on an interview one day and Sandra said, huh, my guides are telling me we should do a show. And the first thing that goes is like, well, why me? You know, like, why, why would you pick me? You've got hundreds of teachers around the world. And so I had to go to another level of my worthiness place where it's, not comparing about what you learned in your trainings and what I learned in my trainings, but somehow the winds came around and, and started to talk to me. So I must have done enough training 
that I was clear enough, like Isis said, to write the book. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what you're sharing about being present, you know, is really important because um, uh, unworthiness is like a spiritual intrusion. It's interesting that we're talking about we brought extraction in magically out of nowhere, you know, it's stories as we're talking about unworthiness, but it is, it's an intrusive energy that stops us from being present that stops us from enjoying life, and that stops us from fully entering into our work so that it makes a difference for us, and then it makes a difference for others, and it, and it becomes a transformative energy in the world, too. I know. I think back to uh, one of my worthiness stories um, when I was doing some medicine work in Mexico, and um, I, I set up how, whenever I would do medicine work, I always have a question because that's how my teachers taught me that you go with a question. And my question was, was where does self-hatred live in my body? And I don't know how long this journey was because it seemed like it took forever, but I was showed layer after layer after layer of places where self-hatred was living in my body, like in my organs. And, and all I had to do in that journey was to send love to that spot. And that's kind of what we're going to do in our exercises, but that I'd send love to that spot and then I'd be quickly taken to another spot. And I was shown that the, the, the matrix that goes into the body is as far, is, is far complex as the one that goes out. The, you know, a lot of healers love to talk about, oh, in this dimension and that dimension. Well, I was shown that night that we're just as multidimensional inside as we are outside. And so the layers and layers and layers of work we need to do is extensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you said that really beautifully. I, I've, had a, I've had a fantasy that I've never um, been able to manifest yet of doing a course where people only journey into uh, their inner world and, and visit all the same territories that we perceive ourselves visiting outside of us to turn it in and realizing that all those territories are inside of us and we can journey within that we are multidimensional beings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I did it that night. So we could, we could do that on one of our shows and go, yeah. go into those layers a little bit deeper if we like because it... it, it it always confused me when people would say, well, there's this layer and this layer and this layer. And since I've always been more concerned with um, like the emotional body and how, how I show up, because that was the biggest places that I needed to do so much healing in my life that it consumed me. And that night I started to pull it out. I, I turned it in with love. It was this the magical thing. And then I got to see where you were talking about the ancestry piece. I was shown that night that I was born into a village that wasn't welcoming me, you know, and I think that's a great place for people to do these work is like to think about like, how do we welcome our children into the world? And I know when I was born and when you were born, it was those dark dingy hospital rooms, but you know, how do we welcome people into our village? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You actually touched on my core issue because I don't know what happened when I was born. Something happened because my parents loved me and I knew it. 
um, but I've never felt welcomed here, ever. And that's one of the reasons I have such a hard time uh, creating boundaries, because I want to make everybody feel welcome. Mm. And, you know, you can't, you can't do that, you know, on, on the level that sometimes I try to do, you know, it's too much. And, and the work really is about how do we go back into ourselves and welcome ourselves into the world too, you know, if we didn't get that experience. Because all of these states, whether it's not feeling welcome or not feeling worthy, they all weave together and they end up oftentimes leading us into behaviors that might be good for others, but aren't really good for ourselves. Like if you're not feeling worthy and oftentimes you want to help too much, you know, and that's a real issue that um, people who I train are always talking to me about, like myself, not having the boundaries of saying, um, this is all I can do right now and feeling worthy and and welcoming yourself is also a way of being able to do stronger work um because if you if you set boundaries you do stronger when you know what what is healthy then uh you do stronger work <laughs> that night i rebirthed myself into the community and and there was a place when there was just the, the shaman's rattle that kept me even tethered to this world because I went so deep. And I felt that he was tracking with me. I, I felt really safe. And I rebirthed myself into a community that embraced me. Mm. And it, when I came back and, you know, the group was, was all, you know, talking again and stuff, he said, welcome, sister. Yeah. And it was like, it was like this, oh, I just got chills again. It was this like... A, a wonderful experience and and so um we're at the place where we're going to do our our our, our right. experience so you know take that and maybe welcome yourself back with this exercise that we're going to do do you have anything to say before we start or you want to say it afterwards i'll say it afterwards i'm excited the practice renee that you're doing is beautiful and um i'm going to pick up my drum yeah, we're going to try this, everyone. We're, this is going to be a, um, you're, you're growing with our community. So just know that we're going to try something new. We're, I'm going to, because I'm going to be using the wind whistle at a couple of places. And Sandra's going to actually play the drum while I talk us through uh, this adventure. And uh, I've, I've called upon two winds to help us with this experience. And just a little short version of this, what we're going to do is we're going to find a place one instance, not the worst instance, not, you know, the biggest harm that ever happened to you, but a little instance that you can do with us, you feel safe doing with us today, and identify it, uh, a place where unworthiness got in your way from doing something that you dreamed. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to invite a wind in, and it's going to be Bayou, the Vedic wind, and we're going to actually use Bayou who has a really strong mental power, mental capability to shift our thinking about how we hold this. And then we're going to write it in the air. And you're going to write it in the air, whether you feel it in your body or you can't feel it in your body. We're going to write it in the air. Bayou is going to come along on his deer and collect it up and he's going to toss it off into space. 
And then we're going to invite in another wind, and I'll surprise you with that wind. And she's going to come in and refill up that space that you've just emptied out with the light of the sun and the light of um, self-love. How does that sound? Wow. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for that. <laughs> All right. So let, um, why don't you start drumming, and I will just... Uh, feed in there and this is the drum beat is to help you change your theta waves so you can or go into the theta state so you can really because you might think you've got that idea but you might not even know where we're going to go today so trust it that's true you might not know where you want to go so be open to surprises And close your eyes. And we're going to take three deep wind breaths in. And as you breathe in, hold it down in your, your pelvic area. Breathe that wind all the way down to your coccyx bone. And identify one time in your life where self-worthiness got in the way of you doing something that you wanted to do, whether it was writing or teaching or getting a new job or going out for the partner that you wanted. Just identify one that comes to you right away. And if you're comfortable, look inside your body and see where this feeling is living. And if you're not, look to the outside and look at a situation that it caused. And I'm going to call upon Vayu to help you shift the way that you're thinking about that particular place. So if there's a pain in your stomach, ask Vayu, what is the lesson here? What is the teaching? And if it's outside, look at the situation with different eyes. And now write whatever that is on the air. I feel this self-hatred in my gut. I feel this as self-doubt. I made, I could not decide to move forward. Actually see yourself with your finger, writing it on the air. And we're gonna call Vayu again, and Vayu's gonna sweep down on his deer, and he's gonna gather these thoughts and put it in, into his windbag. And he's going to tie that windbag, and he's going to ride out to the furthest place in the galaxy, and he's going to toss that windbag with all of our thoughts about the way something 
influenced us from moving forward and throw it out beyond the furthest star. And he seals it in space and time and in all eternity. Now, scan yourself again, scan your outer field, your inner field, and see if you've left a space here now that you've released that thought. And you can go back and do this again, but for today, we're just going to release that one thought. And as I reach into the wind bag to see what wind wants to help us fill back up, I come with Anunet the Egyptian goddess of things hidden. She's the breath of life that nourishes us. So imagine yourself now open, your heart open with Anunet feeding the light of Ra, the light of the sun in through your third eye and bringing that third eye energy all the way down, reinforming your body with self-love self-acceptance, and light. Trust that that hidden wind is filling you up And with her third wind breath, as she's forming a big egg of protection around you so that you have spaciousness to try out these new feelings of self-love and love. when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back to this room and this time and space and, and move about and see if you don't feel a little bit lighter. I do. <laughs> and thank you, Sandra, for drumming. That, was, that worked out really well. Oh, great. I love to drum more than <laughs> If I can drum 24 hours a day, I would have not one complaint in the entire world. <laughs> I always wonder how you get to all your spiritual practices and have time for a husband and a wife <laughs> and all of the other stuff. It just seems like you must expand your day with all of your practices. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to do that, actually. <laughs> right, and that goes back to did you create some were you able to create some space for yourself in there with the, or were you busy drumming? 
Well, you know, typically I can drum and journey, but I need to be honest, I was watching you for a cue in case you wanted me to go up or you wanted me to go down. So now that I know, you know, in future practices, you know, I can go in and, and journey too, but um, I could feel every once in a while I would close my eyes and, and I could just feel a different energy starting uh, to move through me and it felt felt really good. And I, um, the wind spirits that you called in, I mean, how profound. Um, it's just really incredibly beautiful. Yeah, you might, um, if you have a, if you have the winds of spirit at home, you might want to go read on Bayou and read up on Amunet. Amunet is a very interesting wind because Amun got all the credit. And actually they were, um, they were the counterparts of the masculine and the divine feminine together. And as they got separate, you know, she went hidden or she went quiet and he took all the, the credit for it. But she, she's one of the powerful wind goddesses. And I knew you were going to love that, uh, Sandra, because I know you like Isis. And mm -hmm. she's, she's from that same, that same temple, that same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, the Egyptians, you know, they brought through an energy you know, which so many of us are calling the ancient ones right now, because so many people are, are talking about, oh, I heard the ancient ones singing. I got this amazing message from the ancient ones. I've been bringing through unbelievable healing for myself and messages through the ancient ones, but they're the energy that the Egyptians brought through. That's the energy that they brought through. Some people say they were from Lemuria. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's that energy. And that energy uh, is a vibration that could move us to such places of transformation. It has the fuel to do that. And that's something that we're going to explore next time. But you have to feel worthy in order to feel good enough about really entering into, I am willing to be a strong builder and build energetic blocks that are going to form a new present and a new future. So our, our one hope for you or our one request for you is that to feel worthy enough to, you know, come into the shaman's cave with us and explore these who knows where we're going and these practices and these conversations and this intimacy, this relationship that's even forming between us and all of you as we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. And um, just for me, the feeling I've had um, my first vision quest, I actually did in a tiny little cave I found uh, on Mount Shasta and um and the feeling for me of us being in the shaman's cave together, it's, uh, it's such a nurturing, uh, it feels like just being held by divinity, by the divine mother and the, the earth and the wind and the fire and, and the water. It's just, um, it just brings me comfort to know that we're in the shaman's cave together. <laughs> Absolutely. And for those of you who want to share your caves with us over in the Shaman's Cave, our group on Facebook, people are actually showing us pictures of their caves. And that's kind of cool, too. So 
uh, come over, join us over there. Make sure uh, you subscribe to us on YouTube and share this with your friends who could really use some strength and guidance during these, you know, these tumultuous wind times that we're in. And I want to thank you all for being here today. Yeah, and I also wanted to say that um, we're going to make announcements on shamanstv.com. So I know some people have been asking when's the next show. The next show will always be posted on shamanstv.com. So if you have any questions, that's where you want to go because that's where we're going we're gonna to put the announcements. And so it's very exciting. Um, as we start to allow uh, the layers to unpeel mm -hmm. that um, has been uh, covering up the destiny of why we all came in here together to just build beauty and continue to bring sing and mm -hmm. beauty into the world. And so thank you, uh, Renee, the practice that you led is really powerful. And now I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen and do it for myself. So I'm ready for the next session too. <laughs> That's great. And so we'll, we'll see you again very soon.